This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, it's Mailbag Friday. It's back again. I love those words, Mailbag Friday. It's becoming a a holiday in the state of Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) But we have another solid mailbag. Let's start on the football side of things, Derek, and let's go ahead and start with Walker's question any football recruiting news? Well, in addition to Wondell Robinson committing to Kentucky, Derek. Yeah, so Wondell's been the big fish for for officially four days or whatever since he went into the portal on Monday. Um, th- there are a few other things. Uh, I mean, we talk about the portal, Luke Fulton. I believe his first name is Luke. <laughs> I need to double-check that. The kid from Michigan State. Um Rumored to be transferred. Yeah, it is Luke Fulton. Rumored to be rumored to be transferring to Kentucky. Um, I don't know when that's going to be official. I think how that situation's playing out is he he wants to be at Kentucky. It's a Cardinal Mooney graduate, same place that half a UK staff went to. Um, former four star kid on twenty four seven, but he didn't really play at all in his two years at Michigan State. He got into a little bit of trouble for a, a fight at a frat party, I believe but those charges have all been reduced and, and things like that. Um, so I think that will happen. Uh, when that will be, I'm not sure. But I think there will be some other options as well in the portal. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they would add another wide receiver uh, to the mix. But one high school thing to keep in mind, and I wrote this on our Cats Insider, it was VIP info, but since it's been out for over a day, I'll go ahead and say it on here. There's a linebacker named Trevin Wallace out of South Georgia who is a top 100 prospect on 24-7, I think the number 74 player in the country. And he was thought to be an Auburn lean for a long time, and he might still be if Auburn retains outside linebacker. Or, so he was the inside linebackers coach, Travis Williams. Uh, Brian Harson, the new head coach at Auburn, had hired his defensive coordinator from Boise State to come there. And he is going to coach inside linebackers, but there's a chance Williams will just coach outside. So that is a big decision for – I think to pay attention to if you're a Kentucky fan, because there's some optimism from UK that if Williams is not retained at Auburn, that Kentucky could get this kid. So he's like the only, at this point, from what I've heard, he's like the only high school kid they're still recruiting. So they still have a few spots left to use with the transfer portal, but they would take this Trevin Wallace kid for sure. And I don't know how much dynamics change whenever Jamin Davis went to the NFL, but this is an inside linebacker that uh, is his 24 7 comparison is to Patrick Queen who was the first-round draft pick of uh, from LSU for the Baltimore Ravens last year. So this is a big-time kid if they can get him. Uh, I think some things are going to have to go UK's way. I mean, they're, they're 
they'll probably be battling with Auburn and, and Ole Miss if uh, Williams is not retained. So I, tough to keep up with because Trevin Wallace and Travis Williams, you got the TWs right there. If that was confusing, uh, <laughs> Travis Williams is the coach and Trevin, Trevin Wallace is the kid. But just something to watch uh, over the next couple of weeks because uh, he would be someone that – I mean, he'd be one of the highest-rated kids in the class beyond Jagger Burton. He'd be the number two kid in this class. So, would be a big get. And the next question comes from Sam Sutton. Derek, this is for you. What wide receiver is Derek talking about in this post? And it was in your post where you, you had written, while Robinson remains a top option in the transfer portal for Kentucky – Josh has heard there could be interest in adding another transfer wide receiver. Well, I, uh, reason I didn't add it in that is the same reason I can't talk about it now is, uh, I think it's something that's kind of sensitive right now. And it's not, it's not out there. Promise you when it comes available, if it comes available, I will, uh, say it then, but I'll say it's, he, he would be a starter next season if they can get this kid to come in next year but uh and it's someone if it comes available people will know who it is but i know some other people have teased it as well i'm not the only person who has that info and josh is not the only person who has that info but uh can't say a name yet i apologize and the next question comes from ron Tannehill's stan account (laughs) (laughs) they just took an l didn't they i think they're out of the playoffs and this this is actually a good question, Derek. What do you think makes more sense? Scalzo coming back because he was told he'd compete for starting job or that Joey Gatewood could be possibly transferring? That's a good question. Um, I think the way the Scalzo situation played out was actually maybe a little bit more public than he wanted because he tweeted that he had an offer from Middle Tennessee State and then Ryan Hockman or Bailey Hockman NC State's quarterback that Kentucky just beat in the bowl game actually transferred to Middle Tennessee State. And I think like 30 minutes later, Scalzo withdrew his name from the transfer portal. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was Scalzo's best option. And once it kind of evaporated because they chose somebody else, I think Kentucky maybe didn't want him to leave. I don't know how, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that they were beating down the door to try to get him to stay. But at the same time, he makes sense to keep around just because of the next point that he made about Joey Gatewood possibly transferring. I don't, I've not heard that. I mean, the quarterback battles not even happened yet. I know I've projected Bo Allen to win. I think Sean probably agrees it's going to be Bo Allen, but he is an important guy to keep for sure. Scalzo, that is, if Gatewood does leave. But I will say, and I don't know that for sure. I didn't talk to anybody at UK. I didn't, regarding Scalzo, I would just guess that he weighed his options once he went into the portal and kind of determined that he would rather stay at Kentucky as opposed to go to any of those other options. But he might – I mean, you never know how things play out. They've had a hard time keeping quarterbacks healthy. I mean, last last two years, I mean, obviously Terry's injury was bad and Sawyer got hurt as well. But even this past year when Terry missed a game with a, the wrist injury, they uh, had to play somebody else. I mean, there's a decent chance for the backup quarterback. He might play a little bit, and he might see a path to doing that. And second take. Can I ask you if you need? Do what? We're getting more football. We do. Uh, I'll take oh. this one, and then you can answer it too as well. Uh, this second take has two, but one's basketball, so we'll split them. If Mac Jones had stayed committed to UK football, how do you think the last couple of seasons would have gone? 
Oh, Derek won. You got to have the weapons. And, you know, Alabama clearly had weapons, which made life a heck not take anything away from Mac Jones, but it certainly makes life a lot easier when you got all those weapons around the offense. I don't know. I, I don't know how the last couple seasons would have gone just because would Kentucky have still found their running game that they, the way that they did back when Mac was committed? That was kind of around the time where Kentucky was getting rolling behind that offensive line. It's a hard question to answer. I think you would you would have had a capable passer, and offense would have been more balanced for sure. Yeah, no question. Like you said, it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. Did, we, did the Kentucky's passing game become so bad because they couldn't sell wide receiver recruiting, or were they going to take those kids regardless, no matter? Because when they got the Josh Ali's of the world, that was coming off a season where they were pretty good throwing the ball. I mean, with Steven Johnson, they were okay. I wouldn't say they were. They could have been really good had Drew Barker not gotten injured. I guess is what I'm is what I mean. I think Mac would certainly, certainly. I mean, this sounds dumb to even say it out loud, but like, yes, Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Terry Wilson. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, he wouldn't have been what he was at Alabama, obviously. But at the same time, where the angle I'm most curious is, what other kids could they have gotten if they would have seen a, a freshman or a young sophomore, Mac Jones, making plays? Who could they have tracked? Like, would Wondell Robinson have signed with them out of high school if they were confident that? Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback. Um, how does that 2018 team play out if Mac is there and is the quarterback instead of a first-year Terry Wilson? You know, how, how does that team – I don't know. It's, it is a really fascinating question, one of the fun what-ifs. Um, but, I mean, I still actually look at it. Mac bet on himself. I think everybody thought he would transfer from Alabama when he went into the same class as Tua. Waited his time, and he put together – one of the best seasons in Alabama history for a quarterback, maybe the best. So, yeah, he had a lot of great guys to throw to, but at the same time, you know, he's getting a first-round grade by some of these draft analysts. So, great for that kid. And uh, one of the tough losses for sure, probably even more than Jaron Williams now in hindsight. But uh, it was a good question, second take. Making me think this morning, this Stan. afternoon. Well, he's going to make you think again on the basketball <laughs> side of things. Uh, if you could have one player that left early still be on this Kentucky men's basketball team, who would you choose? You can only choose players that would still be in school if they didn't leave. Senior P.J. Washington, junior Tyler Hero, sophomore Tyrese Maxey, etc. Derek, I'm going to go ahead and tell you who I would take on this team. It would be P.J. Washington because it would give them a versatile piece that would space the floor with his three-point shooting ability, his pick-and-pop ability, and he can score in the post. And I think it would it would solve a lot of issues. Yeah, I don't think anybody in college basketball could guard a senior PJ Washington, could they? No. <laughs> uh, I'll say on this team now, if it's a full health, man, BJ Boston not being very good kind of hurts hurts them because even if you do choose a guy like Tyler Hero, who I think would light it up for this team, you still have the probably the big question at point guard play. Um, would I be crazy to say like Emmanuel quickly? No, you wouldn't. Running the point. I mean, I, I just like this team, but again, like that's kind of the thing that sucks about this team, man. Is there's just like I shouldn't say like I'm not saying the team sucks. Just like for this question, <laughs> it's hard to say because like there there are quite a bit of holes. Like there's not one guy you could say, man, if this guy was on this team, they would be a, a great team. Like you can choose PJ, but then the point guard problems, the shooting, like. 
you still don't have much production coming from your starting <laughs> shooting guard. Uh, I'll take PJ as well with you because just because I think he was the best player out of all that. And if I, and didn't I think him say, as a senior would just be ridiculous. And if I didn't say PJ Washington, I would say Shea Gilgis Alexander would be the other guy. My God, he could still be in school. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> he was in that class with PJ. So that would be the other guy I would say just because. Real, it real might... quick, real quick. Let's hear your starting lineup for going back to that class with Shea. And I get I get it when people do these scenarios. You could say, oh, well, so-and-so wouldn't have gone there. Had they known so-and-so would be there. But take take that out of the possibility. What would your starting five be going back to that 2018 class? Up till now? Up till now, yeah. You can, you can take anybody off this team. Actually, just do players that sign with Kentucky out of high school. Okay, I'll go Shea at the point. I'll put PJ in there at the four. Oh, boy. Tower Hero in there. Lord, I'm going I'm going to leave someone out. Oh, man, that's hard. I mean, we're, you're already leaving Emmanuel Quickly or Tyrese Maxey or somebody out of there. Uh, you still got Kevin Knox and Keldon Johnson. Ugh. Speaking of Keldon Johnson, career high 29. Last I know. Night. That's that's kind of – my backcourt would definitely be Shea and Hero. PJ at the four. I think the five I would probably go – just so we're only talking high school kids, so no Reed Travis. Right. Okay. Oh, Olivia Sarah. I would go Nick Richards five. And, oh, boy, that, this, this three spot's hard. Mm, it's between Knox and Keldon. I'll go with Keldon. Holy cow, what a good basketball team that would be. What about, would a healthy Jared Vanderbilt get the nod over Richards? Yes, I would go small with a healthy – yes, good good point. I'd go 4-5 or five with Washington Vanderbilt because if you do go small, it wouldn't kill you rebounding because Jared Vanderbilt's going to win those battles. Actually, I make that change. Yes, I make that change. Healthy Jared so, Vanderbilt. So you're saying Shea, Hero, Keldon, PJ. Vanderbilt. So nobody from the last two classes. No one from this class. No one. No Maxi last year. We're using some NBA bias there. Oh, no, it's probably just that simple. Like those are the best players, you know. Quickly, so, quickly would have the best chance to sneak in. Over. I would almost go quickly Hero and Shea over Keldon. But I understand going Keldon. Well, Keldon Good player. Yeah, I mean, you, clearly the thing that would be good is that backcourt could shoot the ball too, even if you put quickly in yeah. over Keldon, or if you left Keldon in. Keldon was at least a capable shooter. Uh, PJ was a capable shooter. I mean, it's uh, wow, that's interesting. A lot of those guys. See, there you go. All these people saying Kentucky's not been any good since 2015. Well, there you go. I mean, that 2019 team could have won a title. We had three guys. You had three guys in that lineup. Off, how crazy uh, is it that three of the starters came from that 2018 team that I just named? Four of them, if you count Nick yeah. Richards, I threw in there. I mean, that's that's nuts to think that those guys are on there. There's here's Hami in the NBA getting minutes and doing his thing as well. So it's just, I don't tough, know. Tough to leave Body Green off there, huh? Didn't get him on the list. I wasn't even thinking about him. <laughs> that was fun, fun little exercise. It was. Now I got to figure out where the heck we were at <laughs> right before you, you got me in deep thought. No, that's a really good question. Are you entering the mailbag now? I'm in the mailbag. <laughs> Here, uh, here's it's, it's here's Brandon's question. You can answer this one. If still at Bama and having success, Nate Oates is a guy Kentucky should go after with an exciting and modern offense. What do you think? 
in addition to the fact that he took a shot at Duke earlier this year, I think Kentucky fans would love him. Um, I do. I think that I've said it to you. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I believe I've said it to you multiple times off record that let's say that for some reason Cal makes it five more seasons, which I'm honestly beginning to wonder if we make it five more seasons, which we'll get into in another question. Nate Oates, the problem will be, is he still at Alabama? Or has he landed an elite job that opens up before Kentucky? Just because I think that you're trending to a point now, Derek, where you can kind of see all in the same decade, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, even Kansas. It, they all four should open, honestly, within the next decade, right? I mean, you would assume at least yeah. three of those do. Oh, yeah. uh, so there's elite jobs that are going to be hiring coaches, and you kind of want to – timing has to play into this, but let's say that, I mean, Nate Oates is in his second season at Alabama and he's doing what he's doing right now. It clearly looks like the best team in the league at the moment. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out over the next month to two months. But it's not like this guy wasn't wasn't a good coach at Buffalo either. I mean, he beat Arizona handily the first night of the NCAA tournament. I'm sitting there in Boise. You were there uh, watching that game. And then Kentucky beats them the next day, but you kind of knew at that point that Nate Oates was going to be a, a hot name in college basketball coaching. I think it's a name to pay attention to, but want to see a little more. Want to see consistency over time and see what happens, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. Yeah, and and there's no clear yeah. names. There's no clear name that just stands out to you when it comes to Kentucky making another hire. Like you want a guy who. The the biggest thing to me, Derek, and I talked to somebody about this yesterday, is whoever it is, you have to you want somebody who will accept the fan base and be transparent with the fan base the way Cal's been when it comes to getting on Twitter and saying things because nobody's used social media the way that John Calipari has. Like he kind of moved that forward. So you want to keep that going because the fans have gotten so used to it that I think it would be a significant adjustment if Kentucky fans didn't have that. Yeah, I think Nate could ruffle some feathers, um, good and bad. I mean, the first time I ever heard of that guy, like I knew Buffalo had gotten better under Bobby Hurley. I didn't really know much about him when he got hired, Oates, that is. And then he's, like, talking about Cal crying about how young they are, like out in Boise. And I was like, who is this guy? And uh, he's moved very quickly through the coaching ring. right? You like a coach who's confident and saying whatever he wants. Well, it's good when you're winning, but, I mean, I could see him being the kind of guy that if things don't go well at UK, he's maybe a little thin-skinned. I could see some guys being thin-skinned who are like that. But uh, the way he plays basketball, the way he coaches, yeah, he would be on my short list. Um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I think he would definitely be somebody that they should be interested in if, it, if it's in the next couple of years and he's still doing well. Okay, the next question comes from UK Shane. Do you guys think Coach Cal might retire in the next two years the way he acts at press conferences, just fed up with everything going on right now? Interesting, Derek, because that's what I was kind of getting at. You know, John Calipari, he signed a lifetime deal uh, not even two years ago. It'll be two years ago here in about another two months. Uh, And I think that in our minds, and I think in everybody's minds within the fan base, that you're thinking another decade. I mean, Cal has said the second, into the second decade, uh, I've always thought, though, that it would be a stretch if he made it another 10 seasons at Kentucky. I said it, I think it's six to seven tops, had everything been going the way it go, going as planned. The last 10 months, Derek, has taken a lot of life out of a lot of people. 
But I'm also beginning to wonder if it's taken the life out of John Calipari more than it has anyone else. Because press conferences, I feel like can I feel like Cal has honestly said the wrong thing more times this season than he said the right thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think that he's been put in some situations with some topics, with some questions, just given how everything's playing out. Uh, COVID-19, he went through his period where he looked like he had aged tremendously given he let his hair grow and let the beard grow. And I, I don't know like if that was a sign of just just kind of just living in the moment or just not caring or what. But when it comes to press conferences, I just feel like there's always one puzzling thing that he says that just doesn't add up to me. Like the other night when I was pulling apart that he said that they're, three point, they're not a good three-point shooting and that's okay. No, it's not. Or going back a, a few games ago and, and was talking about some other things that it just – I don't know. Like, I just get the sense that right now there's a lot on his mind, obviously. I don't, I'm not going to say he retires within the next two years. I know I texted you last night and said something that I'm beginning to wonder if we're seeing, if we're moving towards the end. And I, I do think that that is coming. But I don't I don't want to say the next two years, but I don't think it's going to be a, a second decade. He's not. I don't think he's getting to 20 years at Kentucky. No, no, he's not. Um he he will. Uh, I think you're. I just don't see much joy from anybody coaching at UK this year. I think it's the same way for Mark Stoops. There's just no one seems too happy. I mean, it's tough to deal with this year. I think a lot of people are just trying to get through. And I think for Cal, it'll be the same thing. I think the hope is next fall to be a little bit better, a more normal type season. And if Cal gets most of his team back, I'm sure he will be rejuvenated and will be ready to come back and and go again. But if we get into next year and some of the same problems are happening, then yeah, I think because the way you can see it this year is just it's for Kentucky. I think you could say it's more than a down year because they've got a losing record, might finish with a losing record, and it's, I don't I don't even know the last time they finished with a losing record. Even those years with Billy G, they still winning over twenty games. I think so. If you can put this ball, if you can put this season to say okay, this was kind of a one off thing. It was just a bad year. It was a weird year. We were super young. We won't be this upcoming year. If they don't play very well next year, then I could see people really becoming disgruntled. Or if you have some more of the same kind of stupid off-season uh, attrition, just just guys doing things they shouldn't with leaving or whatever, then I think you could still get some people onto them. But despite what happened against Alabama, like I still think the outlook – I still think by the end of this year, you could still have some things to be excited about going into next year. Well, but if you get into next season and it's not too good, then I think you could probably seriously start to raise a question that maybe you might start to look for an exit plan. So I texted you last night, right? And I yes. said, I'm, I'm just going to say what I said. I said, I think this might be the end of Cal at UK. And – and I'm, I'm not thinking like that all the time, but there's little things that just stand out to me that I'm looking at. And it's going back and reading transcripts or and don't and you can't just get caught up in a transcript. That's the one thing I want to say out there. We post transcripts. We put quotes. Always watch the video and read the body language, too, when it comes to things. Don't just read words. I mean, you got to you got to read everything and, and watch everything. But I'm I'm going to say if you had me put a year on it. Cal, you've said it to me. Cal has way too much pride to go out like this. And he does. 
he's not going out after this type of season, Derek. If he does, it would just be something would absolutely just have to fall apart. But there's no way. Four and seven right now. He, he's going to go out on a high note. I think he wants to get this program back to a Final Four. And it, even what, with what came out with De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox last night and, you know, his quotes and stuff, I still think that this is a coach who who cares about winning. Uh, does he care about winning over, you know, getting players to the league and, and helping build their future? Probably not. But – I do think it's a head coach that realizes that he – I think he wants badly, Derek, to win another national championship at Kentucky. And I kind of think that that's – along with the success of getting guys to the NBA, I'm also going to throw this out there. I don't think when John Calipari took this job at Kentucky, he would he thought he'd be the head coach at Kentucky in 2021. I really don't. But I'm okay. also going to say that I still think that the man wants another national championship, and I think that that has kind of driven him – into being at Kentucky 12 years now. Those are all good points you made. I mean, for sure. I uh, I guess my only thing for him is if he does leave, he's only 61. So, yeah, he's made enough money. He could you know, he could retire today and never – financially, that will not be a motivation, I don't think, for him to continue working. I just wonder if he wants to continue. Let's just say he wants to stay in basketball. Like, I don't think he would leave Kentucky for another college job. That wouldn't make sense. And at this point, though, with the way he runs things, no, I don't think any NBA teams would be interested in him as a head coach. So like, where does – could he become a front uh, a front office type guy? That's why I don't really know – I wouldn't say he's stuck. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I just don't know what would make the most sense for him if he didn't want to stay in basketball. Well, and this leads us into the next question, too. It's from Back to Final Four, who is in the mailbag weekly, and we appreciate it. Sean and Derek, will the Alabama game help Cal change his offensive approach to basketball? If not, what will? Is Cal becoming UK's Denny Crum? Is the game of basketball passing him by? And the only reason that I wanted to link this one in here, Derek, is you and I have been in text conversations about it, and we, we've both wondered, is the has the game passed him by? And it, fl- it feeds right into what you were just talking about even when it comes to being recruited by NBA, not just as a coach, but as a president, basketball operations, whatever it is, the game has changed significantly, more so at the NBA than it has at the collegiate game. That it's a completely different transition to a style of basketball if he were to make a move to the NBA right now. Well, that's that's the thing. Like He might put a lot of – and he does. I'm not saying he might. He absolutely does. I mean, there are a lot of kids who he has coached that have gone on to do very well in the NBA – I watched the Rockets and Spurs play last night. I know it's a small sample size. It's just two teams. Like, what they're doing is nothing. Like, what's – I mean, UK is not running anything close to an NBA offense right now. There are other teams in college basketball that, that do a much better job uh, kind of having their offense look similar to what you do see at the next level. So, uh, yeah, I just – I don't really see him – if he does go to a front office job and maybe be with the Knicks because he knows everybody there, his agents here or whatever, like, I could see the Knicks hiring him in some kind of role. It's a big market. He'd be a big name, big ego. Like, that would all make sense to me. Um, but I don't really know what he wants. I mean, it's, he's won a title at Kentucky, been to, been to several Final Fours. I know it's been a while since he has. I don't know enough about Denny Crum and how that all ended at Louisville to know if the game's passing him by. I, I would say that, like, going back to the question, like, 
I think Cal's a pretty stubborn dude, so I don't I don't know that that one game is going to get him to change his mind. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> no, it, it may take another. I doubt, one. It, I doubt it will. To be to be completely frank, but, it may uh, take another one here in two weeks, and it may take another dime against Alabama in the SEC tournament, <laughs> and then it might take another year next year of the same thing. Well, I do think I had heard that they. Some people had, had mentioned some different styles of offense to him this year, and he didn't seem to be too interested. I'd heard that before the season started. So just take that for what it's worth. I, I think he's very comfortable with how he does things here. He is. 100% he's comfortable. Uh, seeing if what else we could get to. I'm looking in the – okay. This next one is from A.J. Diltz. Hey, Sean, my question for Mailbag this week is, what would it take for Clark and or Boston to come back next year? How big would them coming back be for not only next year's team, but also the culture of the program? Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys as always. Derek, it's a very good question because we've been into this whole Kentucky's established a culture. You know, John Calipari sent Cameron Fletcher home earlier this year because he mentioned that the culture will not will not be changed regardless of what's going on. But the culture that AJ is getting at is significantly different than the culture that John Calipari was talking about in that tweet. And it's the culture of coming to Kentucky and feeling like you have to be a one and done or being an EJ Montgomery and leaving with no path whatsoever to getting to where you're wanting to go. I think it would be massive. I don't think both are coming back. But if Boston keeps moving down this path, and then we have no idea with Clark, but just given who the two are, you kind of assume that at least one of them, I would put money at least one of them's out the door. I'd put a, a little bit more probably thinking both are out the door. But can you imagine if one of these dudes did decide to come back and didn't even try to pursue it and just committed to another season at Kentucky? What it would, I mean, how, it would have to change it some, right? Are we saying that's good or bad for the program, though? Is it good for Kentucky's team next year? Maybe. Is it? Does it hurt Kentucky when it comes to recruiting the next top kid that BJ Boston turns Clark? Not if it works out. Look, let's say if it works out next next summer. Like, let's say that BJ Boston comes back and it works out, and he gets himself drafted, and it works out the way. I mean, it's different. PJ Washington had a much better freshman season than BJ Boston's having. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of these guys did, who were two-year guys. Even Ashton Hagens and that group had better freshman seasons than B.J. Boston's having. But I just I think that it needs to be changed when it comes to having a normal freshman season at Kentucky. That it's okay to be normal, even if you are a top ten recruit. Mm-hmm. I think that's what AJ's asking when it comes to the culture. It's just so hard to change, and I don't think it's I don't I don't even know if it's as much a UK problem too as it is just a, the generation that we're living in and the the world the top the times that we're living in when it comes to getting to the NBA and kind of how the college game is just viewed now as you have to kind of go to it uh, before you get to the next step. Uh, a lot well, of these guys would be in the a lot of these guys would be in the draft out of high school if they could go right now. Probably a good thing for BJ that he. Actually, it might have been a good thing for BJ. <clears throat> he at least probably would have got drafted high. I don't know if he would have made it in the NBA, but he would have got paid at least. Where BJ's in a tough spot, he's kind of a victim of 12 years of this style of Kentucky basketball. If So BJ Boston's got a high ranking, and he's projected to go high in the draft. So that's the incentive for Cal Perry to try to live up to that, to give him as many opportunities as possible to meet that standard. 
where the the vitriol and things like that from the fan base goes towards BJ is he's not really good enough to help the team right now. And I'll, I'm being dead dead serious when I say this. Like I just if you go look at the plus minus for the whole season, like Kentucky is at their worst when he's on the floor. Um, if people knew that BJ would be here mul- multiple years, I don't think the I don't think people would be as frustrated with him. So that's kind of where BJ is kind of the victim of the UK basketball success is because he's labeled as a one and done. So you've got a set amount of games to show that you're worth it. And when you're playing over a guy like Dante Allen, who was projected to be here multiple years, people are going to get fed up with you a little bit quicker. I think um, if this makes sense, what I'm saying. So if BJ came back, I mean, I've been on record saying I would like to see what BJ would look like at the end of his sophomore season after he had a more normal summer, more normal regular season schedule. And that leads. I, us I mean, I think they would definitely welcome him back for sure. Um, but we have another but I, I don't know. It too. It, it's okay. from, from Wildcat Society, and he said, if BJ Boston continues to not show much improvement or actually regresses, would Calipari consider encouraging him to come back another year? So, are we? We're to the point now, Derek, where this is going to be a topic. I think going between now and whenever the season ends, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that BJ Boston's immediately going to leave the program. Because he struggled to the point now that you cannot actually say someone probably needs to tell him to come back. I mean, I try to keep a pretty open mind with this stuff. Like, I know there's some people who just flat out hate one and done. And they don't, they don't like it regardless. Like Isaiah Jackson, if he were to go to the draft, I would, I would get it because I think he's like I watch him play and I can see why an NBA team three years from now will love what they see from him. I know I've been hard on BJ, but like I'm just telling you, when I watch him play, like he, he just looks nothing like an NBA player. He, he looks like a guy who, who definitely needs to be in school for another year. And if and if he didn't come in with that billing of being a top five potential pick, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation. There'd be nobody. You'd probably have more people talking about him transferring somewhere else, as, as opposed to as opposed to going to the NBA. So yeah, I mean, I think I think BJ and people around him need to be real now. Maybe with this transfer rule, Sean, I mean, being completely honest, maybe, like, they just don't see him as a fit at Kentucky. I don't know. I just speculate on my part. Well, he's going to face one of his really close friends tomorrow and one of his AAU teammates in Sharif Cooper. And I'm kind of wondering if that doesn't bring the best out of him tomorrow, I'm not sure we see the best out of him this year. Do you – so what do you think he looked like after another year in college? Let's say he did come back to Kentucky. It all depends on if he hits the weight room and gets stronger. I think that's a guy, Derek, that kind of – they let's, let's put it this way. They got to Kentucky later than planned. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they, – they typically get there the first week of June. So they arrived when? Was it last week of June or July? And then they went home for another period too, if you remember. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, I don't think – I, th- I honestly, let's say it was just six to seven weeks that they missed in the weight room at UK and on the diet plan and everything there. I think it hurt guys like BJ Boston. Seven weeks doesn't seem like much, but seven weeks in a weight room where you're where you're doing it for the first time, the way they're doing it at UK, there's a lot of growth happens in those seven weeks. Yeah, and I think that you're seeing it now that they kind of missed out on that. And so back to your question, what does he look like another year in the program? I still think that BJ is a talented player. I just don't think that he's able to do the things that kind of make his game what it needs to be. Like right now, he's not shooting the ball well. I think uh, basketball IQ obviously has to improve, especially when it comes to shot selection. 
but you also want to see a guy who's a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger and can at least finish at the basket. Right now, he's not even doing that. That's a good point. I mean, it's a tough thing, but uh, that'll be something to monitor. Maybe it clicks for him here down the stretch, and he he plays the way people thought he would the whole season, and he at least has something to go off of to justify leaving for the NBA. Because as of now, like, I, I just think a lot of people will be wondering what in the world he's doing. Because I just, I think it'd be hard for him to stick at the next level as of now. Yeah, and then our final question comes from David Wood. What do you guys think of Fletcher tweeting? During the game Tuesday night, looks like he's out after the season. Well, it it actually had it came after the game, but not long after the game, Derek. And I know you hadn't even seen the tweet. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, word for word. It was something along the lines of "only the future, only time will tell," as I think is was what the tweet said. And it was literally within 15 minutes of the game ending. And here's Fletcher, who hasn't played since what happened against North Carolina. I'm to the point. I don't think Fletcher plays another moment this season. I'm just going to say, given the bodies that Kentucky has at that spot with Jacob Toppin and, you know, all these other pieces, now they've added Oscar, uh, Keon Brooks, possibly back next year. There's a It's a crowded room at that forward spot and at that position. I think Fletcher's the name to watch. If there's anyone that's not going to be in the program next year, I would say that that's the name to watch just given what's happened and the fact that he's not playing. And we also have to wonder, too, did he? is it one of those things where Cal – I don't want to say that Cal brought him back to Kentucky just to see him on the bench, but obviously Cal's trying to teach him a lesson. But at the same time, let's say the kid wants to transfer at the end of the season. It looks a lot better on him if he came back to Kentucky and listened to Cal and just sat the bench and it did just to quit. Yeah. If that makes I, sense. That's what all. I thought, too. No, I think that's what I was thinking. Like, well, I mean, Shoeboy just basically quit the team in the middle of the season and got to go to UK, but he's also much, much more proven as a player than Cam. Like, I think Cam could have – There, I, what I'm saying is I think there still would have been schools that would have taken Fletcher no matter how it ended at UK just because of his high school rank, and I think there's some talent there. But I don't – I don't know. I mean, him. I, you're exactly right. If you're going to put – if you speculating anybody who's going to leave after the year for a transfer, like he's got to be number one just because of how his career has gone. Like you said, he might not play another minute this season. And, you know, if a lot of these guys come back, it might be an uphill climb next year too. And you're also adding Bryce Hopkins to that room as well, like a guy who could play the three. I didn't see the tweet. I can't speculate on the tweet, but, you know. I've not heard anything bad since he's been back. I'll say that. So it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't even say it's a tough situation at this point. It just kind of is what it is. Like, I think he kind of made his bed. So, um, I think Cal would still, if he did want to leave, I think Cal would still do his best to help the kid out. But if anything, him coming back, maybe that will help his maturing process, even if he does decide to leave at the end of the year, that wherever he goes, he'll be better for having stayed here these final few months at Kentucky. Yeah, and I'm making sure I haven't missed anything in mailbag. One thing for you all who listen to this podcast, when it comes to submitting mailbag questions, if you reply to a tweet and your Twitter account is set to private and one of us does not follow you, we will not be able to see the reply. 
because I so but so if you all if you do that and your account is set to private, please send us a DM because that will show up to me or send me an email at gobigbluecountry at gmail dot com. Uh, so if I do miss you, please get in uh, into the DMs and say something to me, and we'll answer it on the next episode or something like that, Derek. But real quick before we hop on a a basketball interview session here, let's pick the winner for tomorrow's game. I'll start with you, Derek. What do you think, Kentucky Auburn tomorrow? I'll take Kentucky. Close game. I'll take Kentucky. Close game as well. I think that this is one that you can't lose to. You can't have another losing streak. When they lose games, the rest of the way it has to be a one-and-done thing. Back on to a yeah. winning streak. Because they, ha- they have to be stringing winning streaks together over the course of the next few weeks or the next couple of months. Uh, but, Derek, this has been another episode with uh, the mailbag. I want to give a shout-out to the Butcher's Pub. Two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, be sure to visit thebutcherspub.com or check out the Butcher's Pub Palmville and the Butcher's Pub Williamsburg Facebook pages. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll be back with more on Kentucky Daily next time. <laughs>